Hello everybody, it is a, another read-through of Plus Heart. I know this is super late. I actually released this issue on Christmas Eve. It is now the 3rd of January, which is a bit late, but hey, holidays and all that stuff. Um, I am going to be trying to do better about this. I have another issue coming out on Wednesday for patrons. Um, but yeah, this issue is called Creating Clout as a Team, Plus Heart Issue 6 by Matt Demers, plusheart.substack.com. When I talk content with clients or people in general, I like to stress two words, create value. The simplicity is part of it. If you have a really easy-to-remember lens to view your choices through, it becomes easier to make the right decision. This week I wanted to talk about uh, something I kind of formulated while figuring out how an esports team can increase their footprint and grow their audience. It falls back on that create value mantra, but further breaks it down to the idea of generating goodwill. Goodwill is the lifeblood, and it makes your audience more tolerant when it comes to asking them to spend their currency. This applies to both money and time. Ideally, you want more to store more goodwill in your bank than you spend, which allows for a good buffer in case of tough times or a downturn in your results. At its most basic, though, you're generating goodwill by creating value. The two are intimately related. With that in mind, how do esports teams generate goodwill? I narrowed it down to three basic pillars and obviously a bunch more splintered variables inside of them. Number one, win matches and take home championships. Prove your audience, prove to your audience that their support is worth their time. It's valuable to be a fan of your team because your team is a winner and your audience gets to feel like a winner by extension. Two, create content which gives the audience value by sharing experiences they wouldn't get to see otherwise. Educates them, it educates them to better themselves or it entertains them in some other way. Number three is perform charity, which hits to the moral and ethical cores of your audience. By performing charity, giving money, giving time, giving bandwidth, your team proves, provides value by saying, if you're supporting us, you're supporting people who do good things. Take that as a moral victory. In an ideal world, a team is doing all three of these things, but in most cases, you're going to be focusing on one. This is why an esports brand can be feast or famine, and why the resource gap between S-tier, A-tier, and B-tier teams can be so stark. If you can only afford to do one, you have to succeed at it in order to keep your team afloat, build your legacy, and keep your employees paid or loyal. Another important aspect of these points is that it must be approached from a place of altruism and humility. They cannot be conditional on a fan base supporting the team, because if they did... It would uh, continue to, drank, uh, to drain the bank of goodwill. This is an important thing to drill in your head. In order for a fan to give back, they must first be given two to build the foundation of their support. I mention this because there's a real possibility for an abusive relationship to develop, more so in streamers than in teams, but hey, it applies here. Saying that an audience will only get content if a certain amount of jerseys are sold, or in a more extreme case, will only be able to afford the player if you do X, places the onus of the reward... Um, on the audience and absolves the team of responsibility. It creates, it also involves a very toxic narrative of we get to do this cool stuff, but only if it's on your dime. This creates a feedback loop where the ent entity gets too used to working with a safety net. The house of cards will collapse eventually, even if it isn't next week. While this might seem like an extreme example, it's important to reinforce that emphasis on humility. Esports is a luxury industry to take part in, and there isn't a big moral cause that drives its expansion. If you're someone that's a fan with a shitty station in life, esports or streamers may be a form of escapism. This allows you, by proxy, to enjoy the victories or milestones that other people get to live like or get to live for real. By keeping this in mind and having a guide, uh, having it guide a workplace ideology, 
your organization is constantly seeking approval and not resting on its laurels. If you're going to live a luxury life and enjoy the big money, it might, it might as well keep the mentality of sharing it um, with people who enable it. And yes, I will mention that to an outside audience, a lot of esports looks much more glamorous than it actually is. A lot of pe- a lot of teams still aren't profitable in this space and struggle with resources and budget problems that many fans just don't see, understand, or validate. Yes, there is a feeling of, what do you guys have to complain about? You're playing video games for a living. That dismisses very real concerns about health boundaries and fan entitlement. I don't want to dismiss that, but at the same time, it's the job of the teams to build up goodwill so that their struggles are given credibility and aren't dismissed. After all, your team is putting in work to earn your sympathy. The three C's. Again, it's kind of content, charity, competition for championships. I think that it's important to look at all the three things that I mentioned above. Competition, charity, content with a series of questions. What's in my control to, uh, What's in my control when it comes to outcome? What is in my control when it comes to messaging? What is in my control when it comes to consistency? So you've kind of got those three C's of your lenses, but then you've also got like outcome messaging and consistency. For instance, you can't control your consistency or outcome when it comes to competitive results. Your players are never going to 100% win every series. However, you can create value by creating good messaging around matches. If you win or lose, you can educate your audience about the game that they love, or at least frame those wins or losses in ways that bolster your brand. With content, your messaging and consistency can be controlled, but your outcome may be variable. Until you've built up a solid expectation with your fan base, some content might fall completely flat. Excuse me, some content might fall completely flat, uh, despite it being what you consider your best piece yet. It falls to your internal structure and stakeholders, realizing that it's valuable to do regardless of those numbers. With charity, again, your messaging and consistent can be controlled, but the outcome is also variable depending on whether your audience sees your charity as cynical. If you're only donating your time or money to be seen rather than to be generous or altruistic, you're taking a gamble on whether your audience will notice. The public loves to see this kind of activity punished. Fortunately or unfortunately, the nature of sports means that any issues tend to get forgot about or uh, forgotten about as long as the team wins games. When a team is hot and the victories are frequent, it's much easier to overlook things like terrible merch or a lack of content. However, again, this is all contingent on something that is very out of the team's control. Because esports has the added problem of developer changes with non-competitive players in mind, a team that is dominant in one meta may not be so strong in another. This is where the bank of goodwill comes in, because there's only so long that a team can lean on that narrative of, you know we were good once, you know we're good for it. Content and charity are both more stable elements, but more difficult to implement. They can't be done reactively, because the motives for doing so can be antithetical to the value they're trying to promote. Oh crap, our brand is tanking, better put out a vlogger, donate some money to the homeless isn't a good look. To stakeholders, the internal value of content or charity brand building doesn't become apparent until it's needed the most, and it can be difficult to enforce that consistency without buy-in. I guess that's the feeling that frustrated me the most when I see a lack of consistency from teams. It's like we're taking a step away from the inherent value of something produced and looking at um, too much into the meta-importance of it. If you're creating a vlog series with the aim of having it sponsored by a title partner for more money, it should still be about providing value through that vlog. Treating it as a, treating it as a piece of content specifically to generate cons, uh, sponsor revenue or generate sales means that it will feel like marketing. It evol- uh, avoids that altruism needed for it to feel genuine and authentic for your audience. That's why it's difficult to create marketing that doesn't feel like marketing and why it's especially difficult to deal with consumers or fans that have been conditioned towards cynicism. 
If uh, all they're used to is being exploited without getting anything in return, why should they try to be good fans? I guess this is a catch-22, because it can feel like you can't create solid product without budget, and you can't generate budget without a successful product. However, as I've said before, you don't necessarily need a high-quality project or product if your goal is to create value. It all comes down to what you can replicate consistently in order to create an expected experience from your fans. If they know that they can expect from your, if they know what they can expect from your Thursday pregame vlog, they're likely to forgive lower production if they can expect something funny from it. I use examples from pro wrestling a lot in talking about esports content because they're very similar in terms of the stakes and scales of organizations. Excuse me. You have independent performers, wrestlers, players, streamers. Um, all looking to work on their own personal brands to both bolster people who can pay them money through independent companies or teams uh, and hopefully get to the point where big organizations like S-tier teams or national wrestling companies see value in them. All Elite Wrestling does a weekly Being the Elite vlog that started out as something shot on an iPhone without a microphone by one of the performers. Because it was given, uh, giving people something they found valuable, behind-the-scenes access, secret club in-jokes, it uh, became something that AEW uses to advance storylines, sell new merch, and build up lesser talent. I think companies get hung up on the big and grandiose projects because it's sexy to be able to uh, put those on a pitch deck. But the smaller projects that hit hard, or hit really hit hard, are just as important because you're telling a sponsor that you, your company, can make something from scratch. It's not saying we're really hot right now. It's saying we're capable of making ourselves hot whenever we want, which is infinitely more valuable. I guess at its core, I think people should stop being scared of experimentation. Just do something consistently, learn and use the data to inform your decisions. Have an honest dialogue with your fan base, and again, put yourself in their shoes. Their attention and passion are a finite resource, but if they are getting, if they feel they're getting a good return on their investment, they'll give you a bigger portion in the future. While there's definitely a very cynical place you can go as a marketer in terms of manipulating your audience, I'd rather not take that route, because esports is something I hold very dear. If my job was purely to make money for a brand I was working for, I think I could take a much colder view of it. However, since I'm essentially creating a product I myself would want to consume, it means I'm a bit more sensitive. I want to be able uh, to believe that there's a potential for it to be done right. Whether that's naive or not, I don't know, but I'll leave that for another time. Housekeeping, I'll be streaming on Boxing Day, which I already did. You can follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash mattdemmers. You can also support me on Patreon or Substack, which if you're listening to this, you're already doing, so thank you. Um, otherwise, you can check out other social links at onemoremat.com. My New Year's and Christmas were pretty uneventful. Um, they were pretty chill, and I'm kind of looking forward to keeping that going. I'm starting a new job tomorrow, which is going to be an adventure. It's non-esports related, which is a bit different for me, but I will hopefully just be able to kind of like tackle this and and find like a new a new normal, a new stable. So anyways, thanks again for listening. I will leave you guys with some positivity, I guess, in the sense of, you know, things are feeling good for me right now and I will hopefully have not a big gap between next issue and the vocal version. I think I need to just like get better at like doing them all at once. But from your boy Matt, I will talk to you guys later. Goodbye.